You're listening to the Red Wave Report, the number one rated Fresno State podcast. The thoughts and opinions are that of the show hosts and in no way reflect the thoughts and opinions of the university. Welcome back, everyone, to another long-awaited edition of the Red Wave Report. I am Lucio Arique, your host and producer of the show. And well, here at the Barkboard, I know it's been quite a while since we've done an episode and we've decided that we're going to start changing things up a little bit and head in a different type of format. Something like I've been doing over at the Friday Night Football podcast due to the limitations and well, basically due to Jackson and Josh just being spread pretty thin, I'm going to be joined by a, the newest addition to the Barkboard and my co-host, fellow co-host of Friday Night Football, Mr. Lorenzo Reyna. Lorenzo, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. You know, I was getting my dance on just now with that intro music. <laughs> I, I, thought, like, I mean, I was ready to get my club on. You know, new format. I felt like we needed a new feel to the whole show. So why not get our dance groove on and do a little bit of a rave kind of a theme song there <laughs> for a little while. Get our boogie on. <laughs> just to start the party, just to announce to everyone that the We're show back. is back and we are going to do a very big effort to be coming out on a more consistent basis as far as getting the show out there. Now, we are in the off season a little bit right now, so it tends to be kind of hit and miss as far as us having topics to talk about, but we're going to do our best, aren't we, Lorenzo? Absolutely. And you know, I want to clarify too that, I mean, I don't want people to think that Josh and Jackson aren't part of the show. They still are. It's just that they do tend to have a lot going on. And so Lucio took the initiative to also reach out to me. And as a lot of people know, Lucio and I have a pretty deep history that goes back, I want to say, about five years. And I think a lot of people who follow Fresno State and have followed the work of both Lucio and myself, years ago, we had the Dog Bite Podcast, which catered to Fresno State coverage. And so this is almost like the Dog Bite Podcast reincarnated, but with a deeper lineup. Yeah, we were just back in a, in a different kind of a, a formation. So we, we've teamed up again. And as you will find, Lorenzo and I, we, we feed off nicely off of each other. We, we know how to work with each other as far as on podcasts. And uh, it, it, we just hope you guys enjoy it and enjoy the whole new format that we are deciding to bring to the show. And I also will say, too, to that I don't know how much um, time or I don't know how often I'll be on the Railway Report, but... I mean, when the time comes, I'll be there. I'll be able to bring as many insightful, um, insightful items pertaining to Fresno State. And one of them is actually the topic that we're probably going to hit right now, the topic of recruiting, which is what Lucio calls my bread and butter. Yeah, exactly. And, and we'll, we'll get right into that uh, because it, it is something that is basically the one subject right now that we're able to cover quite a bit. And it's it's probably the only thing that is going on right now that we can even report on is how Fresno State is doing on their recruiting. Now, Lorenzo, I know you've been to a lot of these camps, a lot of these tournaments, and have been able to reach out to a lot of these players. Who are some of these names that are coming off the top of your head that Fresno State is showing a lot of interest in, and basically are, they're talking a lot to them right now? You know what? Most recently, as you know, Lucio, I was over at the Adidas tournament, the Arrow 7-on-7 held at Simi Valley, and I had an interesting conversation with Chuck Wick out of St. Bonaventure. Now, 
For many people who follow recruiting, they know about the prestige that St. Bonaventure has. This is the place that produced Lorenzo Booker, who went on to Florida State, produced Whitney Lewis, who went on to USC, most recently produced Ricky Town, who is now getting ready to suit up for the University of Arkansas. Well, Wick, who has an older brother playing for Fresno State's Mountain West rival, Wyoming, he told me that he's actually been in pretty heavy contact with the Bulldog coaching staff, particularly tight end coach Joe Bernardi, who's the main recruiter in the Ventura County region. So Wick has told me that he does plan on hitting the June 16th satellite camp held at Thousand Oaks High School. So Wick, he's a 2018 prospect, but you know he's a guy who could possibly get an offer before his junior season even begins. Now, speaking of offers, Fresno State has been uh, pretty much on a tear um, during this offseason and it's something that I'm not accustomed to seeing in the last two or three years. And, uh, it's as as of right now, the official count of offers that we've been able to confirm, we're hitting right about 102 offers, and that is just you know insane for what Fresno State usually does. And I don't know, and that's something you know we're going to be asking Jackson here in 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 a few minutes um, when he joins the show, but. That's something that I'm not too sure if it's Fresno State just getting their name out there or if it's Fresno State trying to hide who they're really going after. And that is something that probably – I don't know. What what do you think, Lorenzo? I, I think it's more of the former. It's more of what you said about Fresno State getting its name out there because I know people like myself and, and I'm sure you have as well and I'm sure guys like Josh and Jackson – we have been pretty critical of Fresno State and the way they approach recruiting. Well, when you send out 100 offers and when these offers go to not only California kids, but also kids out in Texas, Oklahoma, and Florida, which are which two out of three of those states are usually pretty prominent hotbeds for recruiting. I mean, I'll applaud Fresno State for the effort that they are trying to do in terms of recruiting. Now... I don't know if this is maybe a desperation attempt that the Fresno State coaching staff is trying to do or maybe that maybe this was something that they had planned all along. But, you know, I'll give Fresno State a little benefit of the doubt for the way they are trying to approach this recruiting period. And uh, it's and they're they're not only are they putting out a lot of offers, they're pretty much changing it up. There's pretty close to about 20 offers that have hit Florida uh, I'd say another 20 have hit Texas. So, you know, they're not just hitting California, but they're they're trying to spread it around um, throughout the nation. And it's really throwing me off a little bit because I'm not used to seeing all these offers across the nation going out. And it's something different that Fresno is doing this year. And, and now not only that, it's almost as if like you're trying to keep track of what USC, UCLA or even Cal is doing in those three universities I mentioned, they're usually the ones sending out so many offers. And even the guys who covered those teams, BF Scout, they have a hard time trying to keep track of everybody. And now I feel bad for you, Lucio, because it's like it's almost as if you're having a hard time trying to keep track of who Fresno State <laughs> is offering. Well, if, if everybody's been paying attention, I'm the one that's been pretty much keeping the count and trying to keep a, a database of every single offer that's been going out just to help out Jackson, Josh and Lorenzo keep track of them. And I'm the one that keeps sending the messages about every time I see somebody with a new offer. And I, I'm telling you, it's it's a little crazy. I, I pretty much don't have much time for anything else other than tracking 
who's getting offers. And, you know, I feel your pain because in the position I'm in with writing for Golden State Preps, I mean, I'm trying to keep in track of not only the guys who are, who are stacking the piles of scholarships, but also the guys who are getting ready to break out. And sometimes I get that direct message from kids saying, hey, here's my highlight film, hope to get on scout, that sort of thing. So, I mean... It's it's kind of the life we choose to live now, but you know it's it's kind of a it's kind of funny to see how busy we become with what's going on with Fresno State. Yeah, and uh, you know it's just something that uh, we're trying to stay on top of it just to keep you guys informed. And that being said, I think you know what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and get Jackson on uh, on the show so that we can talk a little bit more in depth about what he's been able to see during the spring practices and and basically his feel for what Fresno State is trying to do heading into the season. So why don't we go ahead and get Jackson on board and see and see what he has to say. Okay, so joining us now on the show is none other than Jackson Moore, you know, the guy to go to when we need to get the in-depth questions about the Fresno State program in either football or basketball. So Jackson Thanks for uh, for joining the show. I know you you are busy, and this is why we've changed the format to allow you to have more time to do other things, but to still come back on the show and let us uh, let us in on what you found out about Fresno State. Oh, absolutely! And thanks for having me on. Uh, so, Jack- Jackson, I think we're gonna we're gonna start off with something that I talked with uh, Lorenzo a little bit earlier. Uh, I had mentioned to him that you know Fresno State is his, they're recruiting. Uh, aspect of Fresno State this year has been a little bit different than what we've been used to in the last two to three years uh, as far as handing out offers. Um, by our you know, by our last count, the official count I believe right now is up to about 102 offers that Fresno State has sent out. How much of that is actually you know, legitimate? How much of that is more of a smokescreen so that people aren't really aware of who they're actually going after. What is, what's your thoughts on that? Well, I think a little bit is philosophical. It seems like over the last year before this one, they kind of changed the strategy a bit and getting offers out earlier, uh, trying to hit up more local players and, and just kind of widening the, 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 the net, so to speak. And this year has been, you know, they've really doubled down on it, getting even more offers out. Um, the smoke screen, kind of tactic is not one I, I had thought about too much but uh, i talked with brandon huffman about it recently and he said yeah that that's definitely a, a strategy some schools are doing just getting so many offers out that you don't really know uh, who they're going after so uh, otherwise you have schools that uh, catch on to those few guys you're offering and they try to poach them uh, before signing day comes around but um it, it is interesting to see all the offers go out uh but overall it just seems like they're kind of just you know, widening the net, they're still hitting up the same areas, just uh, expanding out to Georgia and Florida with um, Coach Ward uh, knowing those areas pretty well. And Jackson, I want to piggyback off of the um, the tactics that they're doing in the South with Georgia and Florida. I mean, what's been your take on this? And I mean, just how I feel like it's a really smart strategy to actually still make the attempt to go out there. But what's your take on it? Do you feel like that it is a very bold move or do you feel like that they should just stay in the West? I feel like personally their best bet is to recruit California as hard as they can. I'm not opposed to them going out to Texas or Florida or Georgia to, to go get recruits, especially, uh, you know, they've already, the only commit they've got so far is from Florida. So mm-hmm. if they can land a few, uh, I'm certainly okay with it. But, um, 
from what I've I've talked to, to Brandon and Greg about this because it does seem uh, it is unusual for Fresno State fans to see the recruiting go nationwide like it is. And uh, both the advice those two guys gave me was that if you can have about 80% of your roster in-state based, then that that's probably where you want to be. You can go out and, and go grab some other guys you like from other states. And um, if there's that kind of ratio, I think Fresno State will be in good hands. But I know the last class, uh, that, that number was close to about 50%, I think. It was a small class, but... Um, uh, I do like them going out and getting a few prospects, but I, I would like to see the the focus in California. Well, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a law of averages. You know, they're going to throw as many darts as they can at to to a target and see how many of them hit their mark. And out in the state of Florida, they got the one commit, and they've had about maybe twenty, a little over twenty offers that they've had in the state of Florida. Uh, what are the chances they might pull in another two or three out of the out of that state, which is very talented, Rich? I mean, I know the last um, the the commit that is coming out of uh, Florida. I, his name escapes me right now, but Cody he, Watson, Cody, outside linebacker, yeah, yeah from Shamanah Madonna College Prep in Hollywood, Florida. I, I know you had an interview with him, Jackson, and he, one of his comments was he wanted an opportunity to come to California and actually play in California. So when Fresno State made the offer, it was a no-brainer to him. How many of these kids are going to take that kind of attitude as far as coming to Fresno because we're in California? Yeah, I think, especially with Fresno, you kind of get it two ways. You have the effect of being on the West Coast and not being too far from the beaches. And I think a lot of the Florida kids uh, connect with that. Uh, at least Cody did. He said that it wasn't going to be too different from home. He wanted to go to the West Coast, and he, he wanted a, a business school. And so Fresno State kind of fit all, all of those bills. But uh, at the same time, you have like kids from Texas that are you know, nowhere near beaches or anything like that, or maybe from small towns or towns where football is real big, and you come to the Central Valley, and you kind of get that same feeling there too. So I think they're able to, to strike a chord with recruits from both states. Um, but, uh, again, it, it just kind of varies about – how serious they're going to be about actually making the move. And then I think once they get closer to the offseason, they'll have a few guys pinned out where they'll be taking official visits and um, it'll be a, a little more successful than what it looks like right now. Jackson Moore joining us here on the Red Wave Report. You can catch Jackson, all of his stories on Barkboard.com, also on San Jose State and Hawaii's um, scout website. So continuing on with Cody Watson, Jackson, I know you've had a lot more conversations with him. So how solid of a commit is Watson? Or do you believe that if maybe some of the in-state schools in Florida start offering him, that maybe he might be one of those kids who could pull away? Cody told me he's 100%, but you know I've heard that before, especially when you get a, a commitment in May or June, it's the summertime. I think Fresno State last class, they had three Texas commits in the summer that kicked off their class. And only one of them ended up coming through, so it's a little hesitant. But you know, for for his word right now, he says he's a hundred percent. He says he wants to bring more players from the area with him. Uh, he said he likes the West Coast a lot, and he wants to be out there on the the West Coast at least somewhere. So, uh, I don't think the local schools coming in will will have a big effect on him. He's got a few uh, smaller <coughs> schools in the state that are taking a look at him, but uh, he's got some recruiting interest from the Midwest and. Ultimately, I think Fresno State is, is where he wants to be at the moment. And 
I would be surprised if he flipped to somewhere closer to home. It would have to be a bigger school somewhere across the nation, I think. Now, Jackson, I think I heard Lucio sneeze. Right? <laughs> yeah, I, I tried. I tried to hit the mute button, but I, I didn't make it. <laughs> um, Jackson, now out of the 102 teams, I know one of our our, our listeners, no, Harry, of course. Uh, I know you're very familiar with Harry. He wanted to know, uh, basically, out of the 102 offers, is, is there anybody other than the one commit that you are seeing that might have? be leaning towards committing to Fresno State that they're high on their list is there anybody out there that you see uh, maybe turning their way towards Fresno at the moment well we had a little bit of action this week um, there was a receiver out of Texas a six foot four receiver uh, it's always exciting when a tall receiver looks your way uh, his name is Jordan Hill and uh, he put Fresno State in his top five that he tweeted out I got to talk to him yesterday uh, about that top five, and essentially he's got uh, at least either nine offers or nine schools that are, are really looking at him, and uh, the schools that are really on him the most and have offered are the, the five he came up with, which is Fresno State, Kansas, Illinois, Colorado State, and Bowling Green. So it was kind of spread out all over. Um, and I, I talked to him yesterday about where he stands and, uh, he had Coach Toller come visit him in person and offered him, and he's pretty interested with Fresno State. They've been recruiting him pretty solidly, especially uh, Coach Toller's uh, primary recruiting is uh, all done in the Bay Area. So for him to go out to Texas and see a receiver one-on-one is, I think, a pretty big deal for saying what the Bulldogs think of him. Um, so what he's going to do this summer is take his five visits to those five schools and kind of uh, collect his thoughts and see where he's at, and then play out the season and see if any other schools come in before those official visits take place. Uh, uh, Jax, uh, go yes. ahead, keep, keep going. Uh, another recruit, uh, his name is uh, George Hicks. Um, he's out of uh, Cajon High School. And uh, he has a uh, he's a three-star cornerback. He's got interest from quite a few schools. They actually picked up a few more Mountain West offers, but he did tell our Greg Biggins that Fresno State, Boise State, and New Mexico are his early favorites. And uh, he was on campus this weekend uh, taking an unofficial visit and uh, put out a, a fairly complimentary tweet. They said he was excited, had an amazing time. So I think the Bulldogs are in pretty good standing with him. But as far as immediate commits, anything we see in the next month or two, I think will will come as a surprise. Now, I got a chance to talk to Damon Cole at the opening that we attended Jackson. And even though he hasn't been offered by Fresno State, he did mention something that kind of stuck with me. He and Burl Toller are developing a really solid relationship, and it's almost to the point where it's like that he's actually wanting Fresno State to offer. Now, what has Damon Cole told you? I mean, does is does he stand by his word about the Fresno State interest and the relationship that he has with Toller? Yeah, he is getting that interest. Uh, a lot of the Bay Area players have mentioned that coach Toller has started to develop a relationship with them like that and uh, i like to see that it's just sounding more like these uh with coach toller and coach bernardi and uh, coach ward that they're getting more of a relationship building process going before they offer it seemed like last year there was more of a, just a, an offer and then a heavy pursuit on a handful of kids so now it's branching out a little more uh cole i've seen him a few times now he looks pretty impressive i know He's got some uh, big schools taking a look at him, and his recruiting might blow up pretty soon. But he is getting that interest from Coach Toller and Fresno State, and I think 
that offer should be coming pretty soon. Now, Jackson, I, uh, during during spring, uh, you've been able to hit out head out to a lot of the uh, practices for Fresno State. What's your what's your feel about where the team is this year versus what they were last year? You know, having to do with the whole new coaching staff that's in here. Is it is it a different feel for you of what's going on this year versus what happened last year? I think it is better. Um, I, I like Coach Keesaw in uh, as an offensive coordinator, and I like Coach Ward uh, taking care of the defensive backs. Um, everything seemed to be a, a little bit better, but um, I, I think the, just the overall construction of the team has been more fluid, and it gives me a little more confidence about this season, but I still worry just about just the overall level of, of playmakers the team has on the roster and the guys that they expect to be those playmakers, if they're going to be able to, to step into those roles as soon as this year. Uh, I think Vegas had it at three and a half wins for the season and Ouch. I expect them to, to do better than that. But I, I just don't know if they're going to be able to, to be bowl eligible or, or put it all back together as quickly as they need to. Now, Jackson, I want to, um, going back to Eric Keyshaw, um, the new blood coming in to run the offense. So I kind of lost track of Fresno State over the few years. But in the year that I did watch Fresno State, which was actually last year, there was just countless of stories. And I know you guys also um, got a chance to talk to players about how Dave Schramm was treating these guys. So with Keyshaw coming in, I mean, has there been – any complaints about the way Keyshaw's running things, or do you, do you feel like that the players are seeing Keyshaw as more like a sigh of relief? That's exactly the the words I was coming up with as you asked the question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, the players are really careful about what they say, especially now. I mean, things can go viral pretty quickly, but without saying the words about Coach Ram, you could just hear the reaction, the sigh of relief in their voices. Uh, a lot of the offensive players, the quarterbacks, just everything just seems like all the pressure has kind of been decreased and there's just i mean coach Keesaw is the exact opposite of coach ram personally from the, what you can see how, how they approach the players uh he saw is a very uh i don't know if soft spoken is the right word but you don't hear him raise his voice very much he, he's very uh calm and collected and uh it's just not what you saw out of coach ram he was very vocal with the players very uh, reactive to what was going on and it just seems like, well, especially with the young quarterbacks, you've got Jason Virgil, Kilton Anderson, guys that haven't been in college even very long, and uh, they're getting a lot more patience, I think, out of Coach Keesaw, and they just seem a lot more relaxed overall. And that spreads to the receivers, the the O-line, the running backs. Uh, several positions have, have expressed that kind of feeling. Would you also say it's the same with Lorenzo Ward? Would you say that Ward kind of has the same demeanor as Keesaw? I would say so. I think... I don't know if the demeanor with the defensive back coaches in the past few years was a problem. I think uh, I liked a lot of those guys, to be honest, but Coach Ward just kind of has a bit of a confidence where he comes from the SEC. He sent a lot of guys to the NFL, and this is a, a defensive back a core that hasn't had much confidence over the, the last three years. Got a little better last year, but um, I think that there's a renewed sense of confidence, and I think they have enough talent to where things are going to turn around this year. Uh, now you wonder how how much the front seven is going to be able to improve and, and let them do what they want to do in the, the secondary. Now, adding on to the new the new coaching staff, one guy that I noticed uh, when I headed out to practices with you a few times, the one guy that seems to have the most energy out there, and I think you know who I'm talking about, 
Bernardi, uh, you know, Coach Bernardi has just been a big difference as far as kind of the the feel of all the practices. He's made it more fun out there. Uh, how how important is he going to be this year as far as you know keeping the morale up, but also in recruiting? I mean, he's been hitting the the recruiting scene very hard. What's your thoughts about how? how Bernardi is doing and, and what what to expect from him in this year. Yeah, Coach Bernardi is getting rave reviews on the recruiting trail. I've talked to a few recruits that he's their primary point of contact and they just love him. He's They say oh, it's always the same answer about how energetic and how personable Bernardi is with them and how genuine he is and uh, that he's funny. I mean, just uh, Bernardi is just a very uh, fun and uh, personable guy to be around in general and uh, we saw that uh, when he was a football player here playing center. Yep. Uh, he wasn't the most athletic guy, but I mean, he had command of that offensive line, and he was always he always caught your eye with something he was doing, especially in practice. And for him to come back, I know he really enjoyed being here, and uh, I think he he really is going to embrace what Fresno State wants to do, and being homegrown and coming back and giving that sense of pride in the valley and. Uh, you put him together with a staff that's going to be spread out a bit and they can keep that sort of Fresno pride uh, while bringing in players from Florida and Texas and wherever else. Now, Jackson, one coach I can think of during the time that I was covering Fresno State who had a lot of zeal, a lot of energy, kind of like what you just described with Bernardi was Keith Williams, who's now at Nebraska. Do you kind of get a sense that maybe Bernardi is kind of like the most popular Bulldog coach since Dub? I think so. I think you'll see that a little bit of a different style, but uh, this, to the same effect, yes. I think uh, Coach Toller also being a young guy, I, I mean, Coach Williams has a bit of an energy that makes him feel like he's one of those younger guys, even though he's got a son in college now. But mm-hmm. uh, Coach Toller and Coach Bernardi, I think, are both going to bring that. And uh, Coach Ward uh, on the veteran end of things, he's getting pretty good reviews, too, on the recruiting trail, just with that, that kind of opposite attract. Uh, or attack to recruits. Now, Lorenzo, uh, before I switch gears into uh, into some basketball, uh, do you have any other questions for uh, for Jackson about uh, football? Yeah, so I want to continue on with Bernardi. So realistically, this is his first year of hitting the recruiting trail as a member of the Fresno State coaching staff. So Jackson, if you were to do a critique on how Bernardi has has hit Ventura County, I mean, what would you give a grade for? I mean, what was, what's your overall assessment on Bernardi during the first half of the recruiting period? It's tough just because it's kind of been spread out a little bit. I know they really wanted mm-hmm. him to, to hit the Valley, get to Ventura County, and I've even had an Oregon offensive lineman tell me that Bernardi's been his primary recruiter. So I think you know, they put out kind of where they expect the coaches to be at, but it seems like Bernardi's a little bit of a, a wild card. But um, everywhere that he's been, I, I've heard nothing but great reviews, and I think he's going to be one of the, the Bulldogs' best assets on the recruiting trail for a few years to come, too. And I, I'll also add, too, that I mean, I've talked to recruits out in Ventura County. Um, I mentioned Chuck Wick earlier at St. Bonaventure. I had conversations with Tucker Robertson, who's over at Simi Valley, and countless of other other recruits from the Ventura County area, and they all tell me that Bernardi is not only the primary guy, but they had a lot of good things to say about Bernardi. So maybe there might be something good going with Joe Bernardi on the Fresno State staff. Absolutely, I think so. I think wherever he goes, he's he's going to be a big hit with recruits, and I think uh, 
between him and Toller going throughout California, I think Fresno State's in pretty good shape there. Now, Jackson, uh, changing gears, heading into basketball. After what Fresno State did this past year, uh, being able to make a return to the uh, the tournament in, after being out of it for so long, um, what uh, what's your thoughts on how they're doing recruiting-wise right now? I know you've been tracking it, and I know you've got a list of players, and you're, you're trying to track down who is actually uh, headed to Fresno. Do you have any insight on what they're doing recruiting-wise? Yeah, well, there are six players where they're definitely expecting to have in uh, for the season, and that would be uh, to list them. Uh, it's a big class, especially if, uh, by basketball standards. Fresno State, it's been a while since they brought in this many players, but uh, William McDowell-White, of course, the Australian point guard, uh, stands at six foot five. He was a five-star recruit when the Bulldogs uh, landed him. Uh, one of the biggest recruits Fresno State has had ever, and uh, there was a lot of uh, big ones in the Tark days. And uh, he comes with his brother, uh, Daryl. Uh, he's uh, six foot. We've got him, but I know he's going to be more of a shooting guard type of player. And uh, I don't think it's just a throw in with this one. Um, I think Daryl's going to be a guy that can put up some some buckets. Uh, the only thing about Daryl is not totally sure if he's on scholarship or uh, maybe a, he'll be a walk on for a year and then get his scholarship. But uh, the numbers say that Daryl should have a scholarship waiting for him. Uh, they bring in also Jacob Holland, a junior college guard, uh, kind of fits the, the mold of what Terry has done in past years, trying to find a, a guy that can fit in the rotation right away, not really have to develop anyone and worry about mistakes. He can come in and kind of fill in that two-guard role when needed and, and be a reliable guy. They Jackson, bring in a, another oh, guard, uh, Johnny McWilliams, out of uh, San Marcos. Uh, he's a guy I think that is... Uh, very polished scorer for being an incoming true freshman. He, he set lots of records down there. And uh, he said Coach Terry pretty much recruited him to be a shooter, and they're going to need that kind of role with uh, Caesar and Marvell departing the program. Uh, two other forwards coming in. You have Lazaro Rojas, a 6'11 Brazilian, who is a stretch four, although he's 6'11, 235. I'm sure when called upon, he can play the post, uh, especially defensively, but he's an athletic 6'11 player. And then, of course, Bryson Williams, a local uh, Roosevelt signee who uh, has just been a, a very remarkable player for Roosevelt and uh, should be a, a really good fit for the dogs. Jackson, I want to talk about a, um, a high school star in your area who you probably know pretty well, Darren Person Jr. out of Emmanuel. I got a chance to cover him during my time in Reedley, and from what I see, he does have a Fresno State offer, but, I mean, what's... What's your take? I mean, do you feel like that in your conversation? I'm sure you've had some conversations with Person. I mean, does he see Fresno State as one of his top schools, or do you feel like that maybe he might be drifting off? I, he definitely likes Fresno State. Um, from my covering the game for the last few years, about the last two or three years especially, I could turn my head back and I'd see Colin Slater, I'd see Bryson Williams, and then I'd see Darren Person there. That, those three guys are almost always at the games. They're very familiar with Fresno State. I don't know if it's just a genuine interest in the Bulldogs or if Coach Terry's you know, grilling him to get him into the arena. But either way, a uh, person is definitely interested in Fresno State. He's taken a, a visit, an unofficial visit, and uh, he's, he's very familiar with the program. He's had nothing but great things to say about it. I know he's checked out, uh, I believe, San Jose State and Cal State Bakersfield as well. And uh, it's been a while since I've talked to him, but I know he had quite a few schools 
uh, across the country checking him out, and I, I'd assume he's going to pick up some more offers. But uh, the last time where it stood, Fresno State was in really good shape. They're looking pretty good this uh, this year as far as recruiting-wise, uh, as far as bringing in those big men. Like you said, they have uh, that player that's coming in. He, he's I think he was rated a five-star, wasn't he? Uh, Bryson? Out of Australia. It was a, oh, yeah, the uh, Australian was five-star. It was a five-star yeah. five when the, the commitment occurred, yes. And so that that is that is huge for Fresno State. And like you said, that doesn't typically happen here, not since the Tark days. And I don't believe Tark had a, a five-star player that – other than what Melvin Eli that committed to Fresno when he was here, I believe Melvin Eli because I remember Chris Heron, even though he was pretty decorated, I believe Heron was a four star. So it's uh, it's been a while since Fresno has been able to land one of those uh, caliber players, and this bodes well for uh, for Terry as far as getting things going for Fresno State uh, basketball wise. Now Jackson, the with the recent success that uh, Coach Terry has had. Uh, with ba- the basketball program getting to the next level, do you think that uh, Coach Terry's going to be? Uh, you know, his job is pretty much safe for now, uh, as far as moving on in the next two or three years. Yeah, I know they've worked on uh, extension with them. They, they gave him an extension, I believe, after their CBI run. So Fresno State has, uh, at least on face, been very uh, uh, reliable and. Uh, very committed to Coach Terry and what he's doing uh, on the court. You know, even when Fresno State, when he first got there, and uh, even the, before this past year, they they had a losing season, I believe. Um, he he always got the job done recruiting wise, and it takes a while just to build that up. And uh, even there's been some misses, but overall, he's had enough players to to put out a pretty solid rotation. And uh, last year was when you figured the, the three seniors they had, and then you had Paul Watson and Karachi Edo. That's kind of the core that Coach Terry built over the last few years, and they really needed to cash in on on that to, to validate what Terry has done. And it, it looked like it, that might not happen halfway through the season, but it's the run they put on at the end of the year and getting into the tournament just kind of really boosted what Terry's done and, and validated it. And now you see the growth of the rest of the players that are returning, and you don't expect to see such a drop-off that you might have expected with such a uh, upperclassman-heavy team that they had last year. Now, Jackson, uh, before we let you go, I want to I want to throw another curveball at you. Uh, Terry has had success in basketball. Uh, now, Coach DeRuiter has struggled the last two to three years. Do you think Coach DeRuiter may be in the hot seat this year if he's unable to turn things around? Yes and no. Uh, they, when they bring in all the two new coordinators and almost a whole new staff, it's really tough to expect that whole staff to, to start hitting on all cylinders and turn it around in one year. But uh, you, there is that pressure that there has been two losing seasons in a row now and if you know the team, the Vegas has three and a half. If the Bulldogs only win three or four games, the interest is going to really hurt from that, and it's going to be tough to the fan base to, to put faith in the coaching staff for another year. But there's a lot of people out there who are saying that Coach Deruder only had the success because it was Pat Hill's players that have now left the program. Do you think that maybe the recruiting? aspect might play a little bit into it if he, the talent doesn't start to show up to to what he's been recruiting? 
I think there's some of that. It's, you look at, like I said earlier, I, I worry about the playmaking abilities. You know, it seemed like Coach Hill's teams always had at least you know, five or six players that had had been earning playing time the last few years and were ready to step into that senior or junior season and really be the the face of the team. And you look at the team this year and the, last year as well, there's only a, two or three seniors really looked at as the leaders. And this year, there's not a lot of guys that you come back. I mean, the whole team practically last year was just really young players and it takes a while to build that. And if that's the product of four years, then you kind of have to have to question what's been going on recruiting wise. Yeah. Um, Lorenzo, we got any final questions for Jackson before we let him go? Uh, well, I mean, schedule's already out and you pretty much know like what games might be winnable and what the Vegas odds are. But Jackson, if you were to put a cap on how many wins Fresno State is capable of winning this upcoming year, what would that cap be? Uh, I'm kind of <laughs> expecting a, a six-win season, and I think Ooh. that is a little optimistic <laughs> even. Really. Well, I'd, I'd say so. Um, Explain yourself, sir. <laughs> well, the, the West Division and the Mountain West, even though I expect it to be better this year, is not very strong. Um, I think last year's team lacked a lot of talent and it lacked a lot of coaching and they still had three wins. And so by that thinking alone, I think there should be a, a progression there this year. Um, having San Jose and San Diego at home and going to Nevada and UNLV on the road, I think is the favorable situation. Um, I just think overall they, they can put together a few wins. So the non-conference is a lot lighter, even though Toledo and Tulsa are no slouches, but it's not USC and it's not Utah or anything like that. So uh, just overall, I think there's more winnable games. I think there's more uh, competent uh, coaching and more experience on the roster. I don't think it's a team that's going to break into the top 25 or anything, but it should not be as miserable as last season was. And is this is this finally going to be the season where we stop seeing the revolving door on the quarterbacks? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I hope the, the stop. Of Wishful the thinking. Concerning thing is, like Coach Keesaw has said uh, uh, he may not have a starter until maybe that week before the the season, and you don't expect him to, to name it publicly based on what the staff has done the last few years. But um, I think it's, it's definitely been a concern. You know, Coach Hill always had a starter. And he always had the guy he was grooming as the backup. And there's a few guys Fresno State fans would rather that this wasn't taking place. But it normally paid off for the team. And uh, the situation they've had the last few years where you don't know who it's going to be. And then after a few games, you ditch that plan and go with another plan. It's not sustainable. And they need to, to at least dedicate themselves to someone, whether uh, they're the top end guy or not, really. I'll go on a limb and say four wins for Fresno State. Okay, well, you know what? I'm going to split the difference and say five. Let's see who wins. <laughs> <laughs> what does the winner get? <laughs> I have no idea. We'll have to figure that one out. So, uh, Jackson, thanks for joining us, uh, taking time out of your busy schedule, because I know I knew you're a busy man trying to cover three websites, uh, but you do an amazing job, even though you have uh, you know, a full-time job as well. And, uh, you know, if you need anything, you let us know. And, again, thanks for, for coming on the show. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. I always enjoy it. <laughs>